Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk about worlds like Eberron and Forgotten Realms and many authors trying to carve out little pieces of that world. High-level adventures, uh, it's a good show. I hope you enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a fantastic, exciting, super-duper-packed episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a fantastic show. I can't believe all the cool stuff that's going on right now, Dungeons & Dragons-wise. Yes. As we sit here at the end of June, as D&D Live is happening... D&D Live Crazy. is happening. It's a uh, it's very exciting. Uh they have announced a bunch of stuff. They've been playing a lot of mm -hmm. games. Uh I know that you got to play a game Lucian. Yeah. Um lots of I mean there's just new products coming out. Not necessarily everything we wanted to hear, but there's still one more day and uh rumor is that there there might be an announcement Something at 4 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. But uh unfortunately we won't be able to talk about it for 2 weeks because we will not have a show next week i haven't told you this yet lucian oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> but, maybe we will um next oh, well next weekend um there's going to be the D, D block party so yeah. a bunch of content creators have gotten together uh ted from nerd immersion slash conowich uh from venture maidens uh who also helped write she was a co-author on icewind dale ram of the frost maiden very cool lady um mm -hmm. she's organizing a D, D block party they have a whole bunch of really cool stuff they're going to give away um, every hour. And uh, it's going to be on Twitch, I think on the Venture Maidens Twitch, but I'll rehost a bunch of it because it's going to be fun. Uh, they're going to do a lore, a D&D lore panel that I'm going to be on. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, nice. it is at the exact same time as our as show. Our show. <laughs> so I will be streaming. I will be on Twitch, but I will be on the Venture Maidens. Uh, if you want to follow me at twitch.tv slash Jordan with a PH in the middle, uh, I will rehost it and you guys can find me and know where I'm at. But that's what's going to happen next week. So we're going to do a, a cool lore panel. AJ Pickett from uh, the Mighty Glue Stick is going to be there. And Mr. Rex, uh, who does a lot of really good lore videos, he's also yeah. going to be on that panel. Um, and I guess people can just ask us questions and see how unknowledgeable I really am. So it's right. Good. I was going to say, how many notes are you going to have next to your desk? Because uh, yeah. that's a lot of stuff to remember. Lots of PDFs open, I guess. <laughs> um, Lucian, happy birthday. Well, thank you. Yeah, everybody wish Lucian a happy birthday. Uh, he's 29 years old, going strong, yeah. really yeah, enjoying life. Definitely. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> later half of 40s but definitely not in the 50s yet so that's really good i'm happy okay. about that <laughs> very nice yeah, um so. and exciting news here we hit a thousand subscribers on youtube i don't yeah. know what happened we've been at 960 960 subscribers for months and i've mm -hmm. tried to push it i'm like we're so close guys and then i just gave yeah. up and then uh i think it was yesterday i was looking at the saturday morning dd show to uh, create the, um, sorry, my words. I was looking at the YouTube channel to create the video placeholder for our live stream that we do on mm -hmm. Saturdays here. And I'm like, we're at 998. I'm like, what happened? Where did these subscribers come from? So, uh, we put out an SOS and a bunch of people subscribed. Now we're at like 1.01 K, which is awesome. So, uh, it's just cool. Like, I'm really excited. We're at 1,000 subscribers. And I know a lot of you guys listen to this as uh, the podcast on Anchor. So, uh, But anyway, very much we are very thankful that you are here. Um, it, it, and that that's great. So really excited. It's a good milestone that. for us. That was yeah. something we worked on now for quite a while with the show. So it's cool that we're making inroads everywhere on Twitch and on YouTube and yeah. like said on podcast. And we just keep moving forward. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> so we're anyway, thank you for subscribing. Yeah. Uh, and and we if whether you catch the show later or live, it's, it's all the same. But we really thank you and value you. Mm -hmm. um, but what everybody wants to talk about is, of course, the live and the announcements. Um, mm -hmm. And we hinted back this two weeks ago um, that there was a leak that it was going to be mm -hmm. Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, and that leak was correct, but we now have some further information about that. Uh, the game is going to be a spooky frozen isolation game, a la The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, mm -hmm. 
And it's supposedly broken into sections to be played kind of like Ghosts of Saltmarsh. So mm -hmm. I am assuming that you can, you know, oh, I just want to run this little dungeon or I want to do this. And so I feel like uh, 10 towns, which is the, the there's 10 different towns in Icewind Dale and they're kind of like a confederation of, of towns that work together because it's mutually beneficial for all of them. Uh, mm -hmm. you're going to be stationed in one or more of those, I think, and then have to go out into the wild and then come back. So it's kind of like a West Marches game is what I'm, mm -hmm. I'm guessing. We don't know yet, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Levels 1 to 12, released September 15th. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Are you excited for this? Will you run this? I think it's great. I'm hoping that they can nail, because the thing that uh, I heard Chris Perkins say is the thing that I always thought as a dungeon master, me and you have talked about many times, is the idea that giving the players more than one enemy. So you have an enemy, which is what's going on in the storyline and the protagonists and the antagonists and all the stuff that's going on. But being able to introduce environment as an enemy to the party is such a cool thing, right? But how do you get those mechanics to work? Can you get them? Does, do your players feel like those mechanics are really adding that that stress level to what's going on? Are they feeling the crunch? Are they feeling the, the, the fear and the worriness? Are yeah. we going to make it or what's going on? We have low visibility we're running out of supplies where things are happening to us left and right and it's it's a terrible place out there and still be fun enough because that stuff you know in real life it can be terrible for you if you're just stuck out in the wilderness and you can't get out and you're two months away from any type of civilization and you're stuck that's crazy but it'd be cool to add that environment to the the campaign and we've talked about it in like when you put it in your dungeons or you put it in your adventures to add different things but this sounds like we get to see wizards of the coast version of what mechanics do they come up with to support a campaign that's going to have a heavy environment effect on what's going on and maybe mm -hmm. we can use that and adapt it we could turn it into a desert campaign of our mm -hmm. own and just switch how it works a little bit maybe we can turn it into a swamp campaign or we can turn it into an ocean going campaign but once we see how these mechanics work we can kind of fine tune them to the different environments that we want to use in them so I'm excited to see how they pull it off, what they give us, what they bring to the table to help us d dungeon masters add something to our game. And I like the idea of it. Icewind Dale. We haven't got to go up there. It's one of the Dales. You know, we don't get to a lot of the Dales. What are you, you just did a video on Icewind Dale. I did, yeah. Are you excited to go adventure up there after all the research you did and, and looking yeah. into what's going on? Um, no, you know, and it's it's popular because of the, the Crystal Shard book series by R.A. Salvatore. And mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting when when they want to make uh it's so it's interesting when they want to make novels in the forgotten realms i think a lot of authors are like oh i'm going to make a novel for this world that i didn't come up with uh is there an area that i can like have um mm -hmm. so they want to be able to define certain things because i don't want to go i don't you know i'm an author and i don't want to uh have to adhere to what everything Ed Greenwood has done with this area in order for me to write a story there. Um, mm -hmm. It can be really difficult. And so you're like, well, I think this is more interesting. So that's kind of what happened with R.A. Salvatore, I think, is he's just like, give me the far, far north. Give me the Underdark. I'm going to, these are things that we have not fleshed out. I'm going to do all of that. And so yeah. he really, those novels have heavily defined that area. And, uh, and you know, Drist is popular and stuff. So a lot of people think we might be getting stats for Drist. I don't really know if we will. Uh, mm -hmm. But no, I, I'm excited. I think it's fun. I did not anticipate Icewind Dale. I don't really know what I was anticipating. Um, but I like this survival adventure idea. I think it can mm -hmm. be really fun. Um, things I'm excited about. One, Chris Perkins is the overseeing person on this. And I don't mean to belittle other people's work but i really right. like his work you know he worked on uh tomb of annihilation and, and like the just the books that i'm really excited for were the ones that chris seemed to uh be the the um head honcho on mm -hmm. we also have a load of female writers for this Very adventure cool. which is really cool and something that we have not seen in the past and so i'm excited and and the Girl, the ladies that were tweeting about, like, hey, I worked on this. I know two of them fairly well, um, yeah. Michaela and Celeste. And they were like, 
you know, this has been a dream to work on. And apparently they all like really bonded together and like helped each other out to like really flush out like, well, I need, I need like a puzzle here or, or how should I do this? And so the fact that they collaborated on this and became really good friends through it, I think will mm -hmm. shine in this adventure. And so that's another awesome. reason that I'm really excited to do it, to, to play it. Um, a couple of weird things that we, there was a Portuguese website that announced they had more information about Icewind Dale or uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden in a Portuguese post that got translated to English that wasn't told on the stream. And right. one of these things is that apparently it's set in 1450 DR, which is, uh, I think we're in 1492 DR right now. So there's like, we're going backwards in time in the Forgotten Realms uh, for reasons unknown. I don't know if it was just kind of like, well, we can't do it here, or or maybe that's how they want to break up the realms. But it, mm -hmm. like I said, it wasn't announced on the stream, so we don't know for sure. And then another thing is they said that the Goliath is getting ice resistance, and they're going to update that race for uh, for this adventure. Yeah, I can so, see that. Because does anybody have ice resistance right now? I don't. I don't think or cold resistance? I don't think so. You can get yeah, it yeah. with a feat for tieflings, but yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, and that might be like you know there are Goliath tribes up there that we don't know about yet or something. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, there is a pretty slick looking dice set coming out. Uh, the alt is cover a tie -in. looks real good. And the alternate cover by uh, oh, what's his name? I was Hydro Hydra seventy four. Yeah. Uh, Looks really good. Release September 15th. Hydro 74. Thank you. Hydro 74. Um, levels 1 to 12. So another adventure that brings us up through from 1 to 12-ish, which mm -hmm. has really been most of the adventures we're getting. Like Tomb of Annihilation was like that. Um, Storm King was right about that area. You might go to 14 or 15. Um, only that I can recall in my memory, did we have Waterdeep only went from 1 to 5, and but then you had Mad Mage that went 1 to 20. The only one I can think of that did that. And then you had lots of other ones that were No, Mad Mage was up. 5 to 20. But yeah. Oh, yeah, 5 to 20. I, well, they said you could play it from 1 to 20, though. No, you were supposed they, to play Waterdeep, and then you go I from Waterdeep to I Mad Mage. Yeah, I think they said, okay. <laughs> that, that's my, I, I heard it was 5 to 20, but I don't know. Uh, excuse me. Uh, but no, a lot of people were grumbling that it wasn't higher level stuff. And the old argument is that, you know, nobody plays higher level arguments or nobody play arguments nobody plays higher level adventures <laughs> um so we're gonna make lower level adventures but then the counter argument is like we only play lower level adventures because you don't write higher level adventures um yeah. but they definitely want new players all the time and if they oh, make yeah. a book that really only caters to people that have been playing for a long time you know if i if i see that and it's like oh i want to start dungeon mastering oh that's levels 10 to 20 i guess i won't buy that and so I think they always yeah. want a, a good way to introduce people to Dungeons and Dragons. So. Well, and I know they look at the numbers um, that D&D Beyond provide or when they ask or do polls on what characters you have. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at the level ranges of characters that people are playing or making and have, you know, sitting in their little character vault. And of course, those are all within those mid ranges. But it's like you said, if you're only ever making adventures that meet those mid ranges, you're probably not going to have a bunch of people with a lot of high level characters because they don't ever get to play them. So mm -hmm. I want, you know, sometimes you're almost like creating a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. of, well, people only play this, but only, yeah. And really I would think my logical, um, not argument, because we're not arguing to, to talking to Wizards of the Coast, but the point I would want to bring up to them is that as dungeon masters, creating something in low level isn't something we need as much help with because we kind of got that down. The thing we all don't know how to do very well is how to create a 15 to 20 level of adventure mm -hmm. because of all the stuff that's going on and how high level the characters are and how the creatures are being used. So we need guidance. We need help understanding yeah. how to write a good adventure at that level and what things to do and everyone and can think about and, and how, yeah. yeah. So if we had more examples of that, then we could ourselves come up with and go, Oh, that's right. This is things to keep in mind when you're dealing with such high level characters, or this is things that are still fun for them, even though they have so much power available to them. And then you're talking about just their power, but their their magic item count is yeah. at the max at that point. You know, and and the synergies of the stuff they're doing in the group is just crazy god level like. And so, mm -hmm. um, but we could use some help with that. So that would be the thing I would like to see too. But I understand when you're 
when your hobby is growing and you're constantly bringing in new people at the rate that we're bringing in new people right now, mm -hmm. they're all starting at those lower levels. So to have more content that helps them keep going and give them more stuff to do and bring all these, I understand that too. So it's weird. I mean, I would love to see a higher level adventure, but maybe it wouldn't sell as, as good. And maybe that's why they don't do it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I think I really feel like it is the self-fulfilling prophecy, but yeah, that's me. But uh, I also think it's hard to run a high level, or at least we don't have enough examples to make it. Well, it is. Yeah. Enough. Like I would say there are yeah. more moving parts in a high level example or a high level yeah. adventure. And of course there are, because you have more mm -hmm. abilities, you have more things like that. Um, but at the same time, it's not like, I don't know, they, they do it Impossible. all the time. Uh, yeah. You could make, so think of Tomb of Annihilation. They're like, here's this death curse. All resurrection magic doesn't work. You mm -hmm. could do that with a high level adventure. Like your your adventurers have to figure out why nobody can yeah. die, you know? Well, or your adventures example... like like you could stop like for some reason we can't teleport anywhere. You know, yeah. there are ways that you could say, I'm sorry, you can't use these tools to then make the game a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. Um, a perfect... And the best example of that is uh, is Critical Role. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, Matt was able to navigate their highest level characters in the at their campaign one. And as their campaign two moves into the higher level characters, he's been able to maneuver them and keep that interesting and cool and accessible. And we just need more examples like that, I think. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking there. there's a great, I think I've talked about it before, but there's a great Dungeon Masters Guild uh, adventure that I have run twice now called Scarab of Death. And it's a high level murder mystery. And mm, it's very yeah, well perfect. thought out because it allows all of your players to take advantage of the spells they have, but it doesn't, it, it gives them clues, but they still have to put it together. So there's a murder and they're like, oh, we'll just cast speak with dead. Who murdered you? And the guy's like, I don't know. Like, you know, and so you can, you can talk to this corpse, but you don't actually get the information that you want. And then you find somebody and you zone of truth them. They're speaking the truth. How can they be speaking the truth? This doesn't make any sense. He was spoken, but he is. And so, I like that adventure a lot because it's for mm -hmm. like a uh, 10 to 12 level where they get a lot of those fun tools and the adventure uh, takes that into account. And so mm -hmm. it's a, it's a that's well a thought example. out adventure. It's a good example yeah. of, of, and that's only level 12. We're talking about like 15 to 20, but like, that's a good example of you can make a fun, cool one shot or an adventure in general, but yeah, you have to do that. So um, there is a comic book tie in. Uh, with this, yeah. which is kind of exciting. I like comic Jim books. Zub. Yeah. Uh, Jim Zub, the man. Uh, well, he's not, is he working on it? There's two people working on it. I forget the other person because I had not known them before. I only know Jim because I got to meet him at Gen Con last mm -hmm. year and have him sign my stuff, which was super cool. But he's definitely involved okay. in it. Yeah. Because his name's not on here as a writer, but he might be like heading it or something. I'm not really mm -hmm. sure. Um, but it's called Spine of the World, which the Spine of the World is right around the same area as Icewind Dale. And uh, it's going to it's gonna be about these uh, various characters living in the Spine the of the World. So, really yeah. Cool. It's, yeah, it's a direct tie-in with this. It's IDW Publishing. You'll be able to pick it up mm -hmm. at um, IDW, yeah. comic book stores. Comes out uh, late October. Uh, and But, yeah, that should be really interesting. I like, I like some of those older Drist comics and what's to have you are fun. And there's even really old Forgotten Realm one, Forgotten Realms comics from the 80s that uh, you can get digitally now that I have. And they're really fun to read. Like, they're just kind of silly, great adventures. If you like the realms, it's really cool. Um, we're getting more icons of the realms, miniature packs. Uh, if you're, if that's something you're interested in, we were, I was talking about miniatures last night, uh, cause I have a new, I have a friend that's going to become a new dungeon master. And he was like, well, I need minis. Where do you guys go? And we're like, oh, you kind of like, you build a collection of minis. You don't just like, there, there isn't really a starter <laughs> mini section kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, and a lot, and, and it's kind of expensive. And so he was, he was a little overwhelmed cause he's like, oh, I had no idea that like I was hoping that there was like, here's your base set of minis and then you add on from that. And we're like, that doesn't really how it works. Um, mm -hmm. Which is why I've used like dice and, and, and glass beads and things like that my whole life. Um, because minis are kind of expensive, but the, anyway, there are a whole bunch of minis specifically for this campaign, just like they have in the past with other stuff. So. They had some crazy minis coming out. Too. And they did. And so Wizards, uh, WizKids, uh, they displayed some of their more prominent minis and they're they're kind of going... 
dare I say overboard with it Bonkers. because they they showed the ancient white dragon and you're like okay that's big that's kind of cool like that's you know whatever and then they had this other weird dragon that I've never seen before mm-hmm. $80 miniature and it's it's huge like you should I don't know we'll find a picture of it I'll put it in the show notes but like it's huge and then uh they had another dragon that was still a prototype. So it wasn't like painted and didn't have a base or anything. And that's gotta be a hundred or $120 mini. And it was like the size of a coffee table. And (laughs) I think that is ridiculous. Like nobody needs that, but ridiculous. Cool. (laughs) It is cool. But I was talking to people about it and they were just like, how would you feel if you were like, you know, we're fighting this dragon, we're level 14. And then they bring that out. And it made me think of, when I was still playing my Warforged uh, fighter, we were we're level fourteen now, and we had like a crazy battle uh, against this like angelic entity or whatever. And after the fight, uh, the DM brought out the Eberron airship um, oh, because boy. that's what teleported in. And then we had a battle on that, and now we have this airship. And I lost it. I was like, we have an airship! Like this is so cool. <laughs> and so you're right, like. If you have the money, that $100 or maybe $120, very expensive dragon miniature, if you drop that on the table, (laughs) that would be something that your your friends will remember for the rest of their lives. Like, that's kind of cool. And it was, I mean, some of the whiz kids, some of the older stuff that they were doing pre-painted minis, their molds and the things they were doing were good enough, but I wouldn't say they were high quality mold miniatures. But every single year, they've been getting better and better and better. Every set they release has gotten more impressive and more impressive. And the stuff they were showing on the stream was highly detailed and looked mm-hmm. like beautiful molds that they were using. And I was yep. like, my God, this is crazy. Nope, they're figuring it There's out. You know, really and, cool stuff. Um, and I wonder if it's, uh, if it's just newer technology, too, because... Uh, specifically Hero Forge that mm-hmm. um, they they are an upcoming sponsor of Jordan videos, so they sent me some minis and stuff. Their color minis look great, and they're they're yeah. learning like we can three D print this with color and stuff. Yeah, and it's the explosiveness just of three D really yeah, crazy. Sure. So yeah, we're getting some cool stuff. Um, Beetle and Grimm's has a platinum edition of this game for five hundred dollars. Uh, you know those always are very tempting, and if you have like. A DM and five other players, uh, you all chip in. You could get that and have a great experience. I have some yeah. some patrons that have done that, and they love it. And it's just kind of like, no, we're we're investing like sixty dollars each for years mm-hmm. of fun. Um, yeah. And then it's fun to have the props. It's fun to have the maps and things like that. So I can get behind that. But like just for Jordan to go out and buy, I can't. Every really, one of them that comes out really once that, a year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Frost Maiden refers to Aril, who is a, a frost deity that is also mm-hmm. maybe a primordial or something else. So she's not a traditional deity, and apparently the snowy owlbear creature on the cover is an aspect of her that is, yeah. like, walking around the tundras of Icewind Dale. And so. I, the thing I liked this a lot was that they make the distinction of there are the Forgotten Realm gods, which are more of the you-don't-necessarily-meet-them kind of gods. But this world also has gods that walk around. And maybe you think of them as demigods or lesser gods or whatever phrase you put mm. on them. But they, there are these things that walk these this world. And I think that is a cool thing to allow dungeon masters to remember they're not stuck with the pantheon of Forgotten Realms if they want to introduce something really cool, like maybe a Raven Queen style thing that's in their adventure world or like this Frost Maiden or this. So if you have this cool idea of this other deity you want to bring into your world, this is a great example of how you can do that because it's still just as powerful and still able to do it. Um, and I think it looks really cool. The artwork on it is mind-blowingly cool. I yeah. love the art. I want to make a character that worships this character, <laughs> this Frost Maiden. I don't know anything about her yet. <laughs> uh, no, it looks it's really cool. cool. Like, uh, I, I have a video on Aurel. You should go check it out. But she yeah. she um, is a really cruel goddess who uh, when she does have worshipers, she demands almost too much from them. And to the point of where they will accidentally kill themselves in the cold. Like I think one of the rituals is like douse yourself in water 
and then run half naked from pole to pole during the winter and see how far you get before you freeze to death or get frostbite or something. And that's a way of like appeasing a rill. And, and so she's a, she's a really, she's an evil goddess. Um, really interesting. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. We're, we're getting, man, I really want some of these minis too. So like I'm, I might, mm-hmm. I might have to start investing in, in uh, well, a, Ted a brick is always, a season or something to build. Yeah, my always opening a bunch of those. Yeah. And he's got a big old collection that he sits by. And it's amazing. You just have to have a lot of room if you're going to collect that kind of yeah. stuff. Like I got four or five boxes that were sent to me from Wizards of the Coast when I did the play test of their adventure and they mm-hmm. sent me a bunch of them. And I just don't even have anywhere to start displaying. My shelves are getting full and I've got yeah. to have like a whole wall dedicated to miniatures. <laughs> Um, another announcement is, uh, they're making a cookbook. This kind of came out of left field for me. What did you think about this? Like, yeah. And it was part of the live show. They had like three people cooking recipes that were coming out of it, like knucklehead trout. And Mm. then there was, you know, some other, unlike a cocktail thing and then some bread. So it was interesting. I think it's one of the, this is more on the line, along the lines of marketing their product in various other areas, not just the table to top game area so they bring in some a cookbook or they they do something i also felt like it would be something that'd be cool if it was tied into a charity of some sort which in this case red nose we're doing this weekend yeah but even if it would be cool too if that had been tied to an actual charity that when you bought the book maybe there is i didn't see them say anything like that but i thought that'd be a cool opportunity but you know we get lunch boxes with D on it we get you know tv trays with D on it we get t-shirts so with D on it so I feel like this is kind of that same thing where they kind of branch out amongst their merchandising to put a lot of different stuff out there. It felt really weird to me (laughs) Um, because it is just a cookbook. Um, It's going to have cool art. It's going to have themed text, but it's Mm -hmm. a cookbook. And it, we, I was talking about it with my friend Lex and, and Lex Mandrake, he wrote uh, the joy of monster cooking and it's on the DMs guild and you should check it out. Mm And that is an in-world book of how to yeah. cook monsters. But it has real recipes, but then those real recipes are a reflection of how do I actually cook, uh, I don't know, like owlbear meat or something like that. I mean, owlbears mm-hmm. are too cute to, to eat, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, and so I thought that that was clever. And then this one didn't really go that far. It was kind of like, well, we're going to make elven bread. I don't know. So Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. It might be really cool. It comes out at the end of October again. Uh, But this is one where like they put their efforts into certain things. And I'm like, but nobody was asking for that. Like, why don't you put your efforts into other, like we want a expanded campaign guide for the realms. We want a lot of this. Oh, here's a cookbook. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I I do not know if I will be getting this, but uh, yeah, I we'll feel see. like it too. It ties into, and it's probably a small group. I don't think it's an enormous group, but there's definitely a small group of people that are probably doing themed parties. So oh, when maybe. they yeah. play their games, they're showing up in costume. When they play their games, it'd be fun for them to do, uh, have everybody come over and they cook some of the recipes out of there that while they're playing their game and, and keep it more into that theme party kind of avenue going on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I felt like it was. It would be something where if me and you were going to throw a and d party, it'd be cool to have a, a platter of some of the stuff sitting out for, this is what dwarves eat. And this is a common delicacy of elves, or this is a common delicacy of the orcs, or this is a yeah. of gnomes or whatever. Um, and just as a theme party thing. So yeah. that's, I, that's the way I was looking at it, but you're right sometimes they do reach with their merchandising to things where you think, why are you spending time doing that when really 90% of your audience would like you spending time doing this other thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and yeah, uh, they'll do it. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. The, the, the spirit Halloween store tie in too was kind of like, I was like, I didn't know that that. Okay. And so now you have Drist in uh, uh Bree, um, and the the dungeon master from the old television show, they have costumes for those, yeah. which uh, I don't, want 
but definitely after Halloween, I'm going to hit up one of those stores and probably buy those two swords just to have them. If you so. don't dress your son up as the little dungeon master when he's the right size and that's his costume for at least oh, a couple that would years until he grows that would up. Be good. Yeah. <laughs> or, You're missing an opportunity. Or a halfling and then I can yeah. run around. As, uh, basically, yeah. everybody's going to be a baby Yoda at this point and you could be the little dungeon master from the cartoon. <laughs> perfect for a while. So, <laughs> um, And then uh, they had a bunch of games running. Uh, you yeah. played in one, correct? What well, was it like? When we, yeah, remember when we were looking at the website yeah. and they're saying, hey, we're going to stream these games with uh, people that are actors and yeah. cool people. But we were like, not really, that's not what DD Live was about. It was about bringing the community in. But they were offering games and they did bring in Dungeon Masters and Adventure League groups to bring in. And the, the people that ran it for me were the Goodman Game Group who run games typically at Gen Con, I believe run lots of adventures and things for people and they had volunteered i think as ways to run this so you could sign up online right from the their website you probably can still today there might be a few games left um you could play throughout starting on like uh friday saturday and sunday you could play several sessions and they were about a one hour to two hour session it was an introductory to the great norths and and some of the the dangers you will face um at, like we we did a we were traveling from one place to another and we had to deal with the, the weather we had to deal with crossing a crevasse and what that might do and we ran into a few different um, encounters and how would we react and work with them and whatever we do we had a nice combat thing we had a nice diplomacy thing we had lots of cool skill check things going on so it was a nice rounded you know hour and a half of fun gameplay with six mm -hmm. players you know that not a lot of getting into our characters because you can't just you don't get your group synergy within just an hour of people who've never met with each other yeah but it was fun that's why adventure kind of league in general taste. is a is a problem. little weird yeah yeah it's because... a different play style for yeah. sure and the thing that stood out to me it was more about winning or moving along as quick as we could and getting things done and less about well let me tell you for 10 minutes about what my bow looks like yeah, or yeah let me describe to you my relationship with the other halfling in the party at the moment because that's going to develop over the campaign that's going on then none of that stuff was happening it was a game we were playing a game it was very game like fun cool. so had a good time but definitely a different style of uh, role playing than others so keep that in mind if you've never done any adventure league stuff this was adventure league sanctioned so the character i created in that is a real character i can take to other places i got uh an acorn that is a golden acorn that's like a potion of healing as a reward for completing the adventure which was fun if you'd done two of them you could level your character up to level two i only played one of them um and it was just fun we played on roll 20 and we played with using uh google meet is what okay. they used instead of zoom yeah, we played um, around with that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't it was it would be great if you're running your party. Google Meet wouldn't work for like if you're running a show on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't work as well. But um it was fun. I was glad I got to do it. Uh, and only 2 hours was nice, so you didn't have to get into it. You could have a nice evening, mm -hmm. roll some dice and uh had some fun. I played a warlock, Dragonborn warlock, which was fun. Um I, it's funny as I look through my my sheath of all the characters I created for Adventure League, almost all of them have been Dragonborn. And I didn't realize it until I was going through them. I don't know why, hmm. but I keep making Dragonborn Warlocks seem to be my Adventure League characters. Whereas I make all kinds of stuff for all the other campaigns I'm in. But for whatever reason, I've made a bunch of Dragonborn Warlocks for Adventure League stuff. So That's eventually funny. I get to play one higher than level one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, so I still have my Adventure League characters. I think we were talking about maybe somebody else, but like I want, D and D Beyond to have an Adventure League setting, because mm -hmm. there are so many specific rules for Adventure League that I forget. That it would be nice to be like, if I convert this character to an Adventure League character, all of a sudden Jordan, you can't have all of this stuff and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Well, even like last week, didn't you get to play games last week that you were because you were doing like an online convention last week, weren't you? Uh, Which is why last... we didn't have the show. Oh uh, no! Well, so. Oh, sorry, everybody. So Jordan, <laughs> real life news, uh, we're selling our house and we're going right. to move. I'm staying in the town that I am in, but we're, we're moving to a bigger house because we figured my son would eventually want a room of his own. So we uh, went house hunting. We found one. Um, so last week was uh, DCC Day, Dungeon oh, Classics Day. I was thinking it was a convention. And yeah. it 
correlated with a bunch of people coming over for an open house to hopefully buy our house, which it did sell. So thank yay, you know, yay. Um, but that's why we couldn't have the show. Uh, and then also I ended up going to the game store, which I'm a little sad. My game store had all of the material, but they weren't participating. So I was able to buy the cool stuff that I wanted to get that was like exclusive for the day, but mm -hmm. nobody was there talking about Dungeon Crawl uh -huh. Classics. Nobody was playing, but I did talk to the owner or the guy behind the counter. Well, He's not the owner. We're still in COVID. There. And he said, well, my town is all open up. There were people, the reason they didn't have DCC days is because there was already a scheduled Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. Uh, and Yu -Oh I'm like, Yu-Gi-Oh is popular. I was like, you are a game store. I understand Yu-Gi-Oh makes yeah. money. DCC probably does not. Uh, yeah. But I did talk to them and I said, hey, I'm a big fan of Dungeon Crawl Classics. I'd like to get in on this. I will run games for you. And they said, oh, well, if you're willing to run games for us, then uh, email this person and we'll schedule something in the future. Maybe we can like, push out DCC days and cause we have all the stuff, you know, mm -hmm. we just, we just, we're not doing it today because of Yu-Gi-Oh and I'm like, okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's, that's that. So, uh, that's why we didn't play or we didn't have a show last week. So, right. Um, but yeah, you played that session. That's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. fun. other new stuff, uh, stranger things comic. I know you're a big stranger things fan, Mr. Lucian. Love it. And uh, what I, this what they were cool. talking about was really cool. Cause they were talking about, it's a comic that ties in and talks about not only their adventures that they were playing, but them outside of the game, but it's a lot about what their characters and what their adventures were. So we get to see those two things happening. And I really like the idea of finding out what adventures they were going on and what types of characters they were building and how they played them and stuff. And I'm just a, I'm a huge Stranger Things fan at this point. So mm. anything they put out that's I'm I'm on board with. Now is this their like characters uh that they that they are played in the show, yeah. No, 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 not the show, but like the show characters, D and D characters. Is it like yes. the adventures of those D and D characters? Yes. Okay. So this yes. could be really fun. Yeah. Yep, the characters that they played in their basement. Because yeah. that's what they said. They the comic book was gonna cover where the show would only show you the the very end of a session or maybe just the beginning of a session, but you didn't get much more of the D&D right. part in the Stranger Things show. As it went on, it did the rest of the story. But the comic books are going to cover the D&D sessions they were having. You know, right. So that, I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Um, and I love it. So uh, it looked really good, and I'm definitely interested, and I'm definitely will, ready to buy it when it comes out. So. That's awesome. Um, something that we didn't get to cover last week, because we didn't have no. a show, was right. Legends of Runeterra. So D&D &D Beyond uh, partnered with uh, League of Legends and yeah. League of Legends has a card game coming out called Legends of Runeterra. And they did a, I don't know where this came from and why they thought this was like something that they should do because it, it the two just don't mix. I don't know, it was weird, but they mm -hmm. made a uh, Legends of Runeterra, Dark Tides of Bilgewater, D&D uh, 5e like supplement. Yeah. Um, and it's a little adventure. It's like the history and stuff of Bilgewater and how to play in there. And then there were some new subclass options, which were mm -hmm. pretty cool. I really liked the Perfect Rogue. for a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really liked the Rogue. It was really cool. Yeah. And so, and then magic items and things Pirate like that. Themed. Um, and it was, it was really cool. I thought this was really neat. Um, and there, they were like, Hey, it's free. This is a promotional thing. It's going to be free forever. You just go play and enjoy or whatever. Um, well, then a, a week later, they tweeted out and said, hey, uh, this is going to go away on August 10th. <laughs> and we're like, why did you put all of this work into this only to like take it away? Like, mm -hmm. what's going on? And D&D &D Beyond is being a little hush-hush. And they're just like, yeah. well. And so uh, there are a couple posts that I thought was kind of interesting is um, they said, uh basically yes and i'm going to read this verbatim but he says mm -hmm. yes circumstances have changed while we intended for this content to be available indefinitely upon review we are not able to do so we take full responsibility for the miscommunication and apologize for the inconvenience uh this is as transparent as we are able to be which i thought was interesting um mm -hmm. so there's a legal something going on with yeah. this uh, and a lot of people were speculating that uh, this was so popular that League of Legends was like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't give this away. Maybe we should like take this stuff back and actually publish a book 
because if people are chomping at the bit for this, like, oh, we could do this. Um, but what the majority of people actually think, I guess, and the more realistic approach is that Magic the Gathering is a direct competitor with Legends of Runeterra. Sure. And being that D&D Beyond has such a healthy relationship with Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, I bet they got him on the phone and said, what were you thinking? Like, you can't mm -hmm. advertise our competitor on a site that is called D&D Beyond with Magic the Gathering content. Like, this is not okay. So, uh, kind of weird that this went... I mean, D&D Beyond is a, is a separate company, but like they're so hand in hand that you think that they would be like, hey, we've got this promotional stuff we want to do. But mm -hmm. really, it just kind of, I don't know. A, and then a lawyer got upset and they and this. So <laughs> I think that's why it's going away. Uh, if you want it, um, good luck. Figure out a way of getting it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's also possible know. that when you work with other companies like that and you're creating contracts, maybe somebody thought it read one way and the other group said, because they're they don't know what D D Beyond does. Maybe they didn't realize that stuff stays up all the time. Maybe right. they thought it was a limited time thing. And maybe they came back and said, wait a minute, we didn't say you could have this forever. Yeah. We just meant you could use this as a campaign thing and then then it would be done. You know, the contract says you get it for 60 days or yeah. or whatever. And then they point that part out to them or whatever. And maybe they didn't. So it could be lots of different things too, where maybe they didn't understand. Mm. Maybe the two companies are, are battling out because they are, I could see them being a um, competitor, but does really anybody, if it was Yu-Gi-Oh on D&D Beyond, that's a direct competitor to Magic the Gathering. I don't know so much if a brand new card game that's not even out yet would be direct, necessarily well, be considered a competitor to Magic the gathering the card game of, it's uh yeah. and, and it specifically this is legends of runeterra is an online card game yeah, and so, so that's magic the arena then yeah, but magic, magic the, the gathering game. arena is yeah. very i mean that's huge right now mm -hmm. um and it I, I was just thinking like what if blizzard hired dnd beyond to make a hearthstone, hearthstone. Yeah, uh, yeah game that wouldn't fly. And so I think this is the same thing where they're just like, no, that's yeah. our competitor. We're not going to build up our competitor. We want <laughs> you to play Magic the Gathering. Uh, and it's weird to have Runeterra and Magic the Gathering settings on the same site when they are, you know, basically mm -hmm. competitors. So so I don't know. It's You're right. Like, But I think in the grand scheme of things, uh, I, I, I don't play Legends of Runeterra. I don't know how popular it is. I don't even, you're right. I don't even know if it's out. I assume that it was, but maybe it's not. That um, was something they were working on, but I, I didn't know if it was released. Maybe yeah. It is. So, but anyway, that's the rumor. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Um, so it's kind of sad that it's going away, but you can, you know, control P print it out as a PDF, maybe on your Chrome browser and keep the stuff if you really want to keep the mechanics of it. Uh, but it's kind of interesting. So it was it was mm -hmm. cool stuff. Like I said, really liked the uh, the rogue, the wild card rogue. Thought that was fun. Yeah. Um, Lucian, I'm excited. I know. There's a new Eberron book coming out. <laughs> done um, by the man himself. Done by the man himself. So uh, new Eberron book. Um, it is Exploring Eberron is the title. Um, mm -hmm. And this is coming out July 2020. Um, specifically on the DMs Guild, but it will be print-on-demand, so you can get a hardcover version of this. Um, Keith Baker himself is writing it, coordinating it, all of things like that. Uh, and so a lot of people... Anyway, more Eberron. If you're an Eberron fan, this is great, mm -hmm. because, like, more information. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be just lore. I don't know exactly what's in the book. Uh, I've been reading a couple of his blog posts, but for the most part, I think he wants you to, you know come check out the book rather than it's let me tell too. you what it is. It's, it a, is. it's a significant yeah. book. Yeah. Um, and the people online are just like, well, is this canon? Like, can I, I mean, can I use this? And that's the problem, right? Is like this book won't be on D and D beyond this book won't be like, it's a DMS guild supplement. So it'll have player options. It'll have spells. It'll have magic items. It'll have maps, but like none of that will be incorporated in D and D beyond because it's not a wizards of the coast, like official published thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and with Keith Baker, he really likes, uh, or, or I should say the community really enjoys, uh, talking about canon versus canon and there's Especially canon with, with a Eberron. c 
and Canon with a K, which stands yeah. for like Keith Baker Canon, because he has his blog and his website where he flushes out the entire world of, of Eberron, but because that's not printed yeah. and sanctioned by Wizards of the Coast, it's not necessarily like true, you know? So this is interesting mm -hmm. where you have an author who like lives, eats, Prolific and breathes this world, yeah. but he is not allowed to officially add things to it. Uh, because of well, he's not legal he's not a Wizards of the Coast employee. He's exactly. his own dude. Yeah, yeah. and he, he doesn't own that property uh, yeah. like Wizards of the Coast owns it because that was part of the mm -hmm. whole thing with Eberron. Um, but Keith has kept this setting alive because he's very mm -hmm. passionate about it. So it's kind of interesting. So uh, he did say in a, in a blog post, he's like, this will be canon with a K. Uh, but if you enjoy Eberron, if you enjoy my work, like this will be a great supplement for you. And mm -hmm. I'm 100% will pick this up because I love, yeah. I love Eberron and I think that's really cool. And, you know, I, I like having everything nice and tidy yeah, and D&D &D beyond, but I don't necessarily need that. So his Phoenix Dawn command sitting right there yeah. is, is he writes some really cool stuff. He plays with mechanics. He plays with worlds and mm -hmm. ideas, and he doesn't just think of them on a whim and move on. He's like an in-depth thinker about these things, and he'll put down thousands and thousands of words based on what he thinks these things right. are. So if, if you're a person who likes a setting that is set, like a, a Lord of the Rings, we, we if J.R. Token says it, then it's Lord of the Rings and mm -hmm. I want to do whatever J.R. Tolkien's world is. I'm not about trying to make stuff in, you know, that world. I just want to know all the information coming from J.R. Tolkien. Eberron feels to me like that too. Like you're just willing to sit back and say, Keith, give me all this good stuff you've got going on. I love your world. I don't care about adding anything to it. I'm going to use everything you're doing because everything is all thought out and put together and I love it. And I just want to play it and know about it. And I feel like that's what Eberron is. It's a very good, I don't have to make anything up because Keith has already thought about it and it's there for you to use and, and just mm -hmm. you know, run your campaigns and run your adventures. And so I really like, I love that he's a author that's willing to keep putting in time and keep fleshing these things yeah. out. Cause to me, that means he cares about those worlds. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just something that made him some money and he moved on. It wasn't just something that um, he's done with and he's bored with. He's got a passion behind that. You've mm. got to respect something like that when you when you keep building on that. I I I'm growing to become somebody who wants to run Eberron. Whereas we've known throughout this show, I have always said I, I wouldn't run an Eberron campaign. I mm -hmm. wasn't as interested in it. But the passion he keeps putting in it keeps drawing me to it. Like saying, give him another chance, Lucian. Just just read the stuff. You know, maybe you would love running some adventures in it just because he puts so much into it. So, yeah, and I know no, you really love does. Eberron. Um, and I, I didn't care you about Eberron until I started researching it. And it is that exact same thing. He just puts a lot of work into it. Yeah. Um, some people in chat are actually saying some really good stuff where they're saying, uh, basically, was not Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron a DM's Guild product? And that's in D&D Beyond. And you're right. But that was also Keith working with Wizards of the Coast to make a DM's Guild supplement. And they decided to release it there instead of making a book. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And this exact, like what Keith is working on now is him independently publishing something to DM's Guild. Yeah. Hired uh, his own much editor. Like, much like uh, I've done or other people have done where you're like, oh, I wrote something and I put it on there. And then uh, DM's Guild takes, uh, I think, 50% of the profit. So if you sell it for $2, you get a dollar and DM's Guild gets a dollar. Um, so that's the difference is I think he was paid by Wizards of the Coast to make this supplement for DMs Guild. And in this case, he's doing it independently and he's going to publish it. Uh, so we won't that's see it, it on, on, uh, uh, D D beyond, but, uh, but that's okay. It's yeah. going to be, I think it's really cool. I'm excited for this. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, but yeah, we had a lot to cover today. Yeah, and um, D&D Beyond back. isn't like the end-all be-all for Dungeons & Dragons because if you go to Drive Through RPG, you go through the DM's Guild and you want to find cool stuff like witch hunters and, and different classes and different races and different adventures to play that have nothing to do with D&D Beyond, that place is chock full of cool, you want new spells, you want new abilities, mm -hmm. you want new feats, you want new classes, you want new races. You can go to DM's Guild or Drive Through RPG and get a plethora of stuff to add to your game to make it the way you yeah. want to play it. No, I've made, uh, especially, specifically if you're interested in the realms, I've made some videos on uh, things that I like from the DMs Guild, such as cursed classes, where you could la literally level up as a vampire or a werewolf if that happened to you. 
mm-hmm. kind of exciting. So you're like, I'm a level four wizard and a level two vampire. Hey, that, yeah. that's that's fun. I like that. Um, and there was a whole uh, Faiths of the Forgotten Realms that came out that was really cool. And they gave subclasses for every god. So you mm-hmm. had various themed abilities and themed spells if you were going to follow a specific Forgotten Realms god. And you won't find that on the the um yeah. d uh, and beyond but if you're yeah. looking for a great adventure check out dragon on the mount oh, i yeah, hear it's, it's good really one. good and i played it a couple times <laughs> fantastic i gotta finish writing my second one um, the, you, the there's follow-up. gonna be a sequel yeah there's a follow-up i got a follow-up coming i just nice. had i mean i'm moving i had a baby <laughs> this channel takes way more time than you would think it, it would does. um so i'm really working uh we got 10 minutes left, Lucian. Yeah. Um, and usually we do Bardic Inspiration and then talk about our games. Uh, but I'll, I'll put it to you. What would you like to talk about? You want to, what do you want to? I love my some... Bardic Inspiration. Okay. So I'm willing to use my time on that and I can just keep it pretty short. No, do whatever you want. Itself. But um, I was thinking about a game or campaign that completely revolves around a long caravan that basically is hiring the, the players at the very beginning and saying, hey, we're going to all of these stops and then we come all the way back and this takes about a year. So you're signing up for a year of time to be you know, with this group. But the idea is as a dungeon master, you can put all kinds of little adventures in as they're moving this caravan along. And it doesn't even have to be about the caravan itself, but it could just be about the places they're stopping in. And maybe you stop there and you're there for a week. So once you get there, maybe as a guard, you don't have to do anything because now they're in the town. So like you, it's almost like a week off for you to go and just do whatever you want. But then when they go to travel to wherever they're going next, that's when you're doing your guard duties. And I felt like there were so many little stories you could weave into your campaign with characters who sign up for this, that's going to do this year long journey that's based around this caravan and the caravan master. Maybe it's like 12 wagons that are slowly moving across. And what I liked the idea just really started flowing is that not only you get to see lots of locations, you have this chance to introduce small storyline elements into them. Um, There's a mechanism that, forces the characters to move on and leave things behind and you could give them these options like we've talked about this other times where they have more options than they can actually solve mm-hmm. so they have to pick you're like here's your three things here's the three problems going on you're only here a week you might be able to solve one of them that's it the rest just happen and and leave and then when you come back you might get to see what's happened due to the decisions you made when you left or that group, what they decided to tackle and what they decided not to tackle and how that affected these places. And those places could change in your campaign mm-hmm. based on those decisions. So that, that adds in a ton of fun for the dungeon master to throw in all that stuff and have lots of stuff to create and do and a really cool timeline. And it's in my mind, you could almost, I've read books that are like this. You know, mm-hmm. you read novels about the heroic story and it's them going from one place to another and there's a mundane thing that's causing it, but the adventure is happening as they go. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this would be a cool adventure. And it's it's one that's strong enough that I'm thinking it might be the next adventure world I run, the next campaign mm. that I run would be this one because there was just so many possibilities in it that I thought, Oh, this is so cool. Just like when I started thinking about West Marches and all the things it was bringing up as I was thinking about West Marches games, this had that same effect on me of all the things I could do as a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. It really kept, got me super excited. And that's what a really good idea is. Something that gets you really excited as a dungeon master. So, so basically was, uh, Carnival Cruise, the game, where you're just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is, is interesting, but it's the same, uh, same thing as like a, a boat like a nautical adventure yep. like oh we found a random yeah. island oh we found here i don't know what's going on but and one like- that the players don't get to choose where it goes but there's some other entity choosing where it goes oh okay okay you know they're not they're not the the captains of the boat mm-hmm. or they're not the captains of the the train the caravan yeah they're they're with it they're following along with it so that's what i liked about it yeah. have you ever seen uh not that this is similar but like snowpiercer or something where yeah, like, yeah. exactly <laughs> And you're just exactly. on this train. You're like, I don't know. And you so, could run yeah. Snowpiercer as a That'd be as cool. an adventure. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, that's awesome. So I I always come up with my uh, my 
things late at night or early in the morning. Um, <laughs> Bardic Inspiration, I've been reading a lot of Jack Vance and the Dying Earth series, and I really like it. And they're they're really interesting. WebDM's latest video, maybe two videos yeah. ago, they were talking about what inspired original Dungeons and & Dragons. And uh, they, they were talking about this Dying Earth and a couple of other mm -hmm. authors that I immediately downloaded and got some of their books because I'm really intrigued about what was Gary Gygax reading when he was inspired by this to create it because uh, another podcast that I was listening to, they were talking about the original stories of D and D or the original stories that inspired D and D and how we're, we've gotten off because, you know, these, these hyper fantasy crazy stories have turned uh, inspired D and D and then D and D has kind of inspired like role playing Fantasy. video games. Yeah. And then video games kind of re like as video games evolved, based on like leveling systems and stuff from D and D, um, that fifth edition is kind of a reflection of that as well. And it's not a reflection of those original stories. And we're we're very much a fifth edition D and D has changed a lot from how. Uh, it, and and some people think that's good and some people think that's bad. Like we're getting away from the source material. Uh, and so I personally, this is, this is just a little off topic, but that's why I'm reading these other things. Cause I kind of want to get that feel for like, what were these original adventures and what was it, you know? And mm -hmm. anyway, so uh, again, uh, reading Jack Vance, who's popular because of Vancey and magic. And mm -hmm. I found a blog uh, where this guy was talking about the importance of Vancean magic and, and kind of cool things like that. And he made a table to roll on that creates random Vancean spells. And I like this idea. An old joke in D&D is a magic item that replaces like a letter in, in a spell. So instead of a magic missile or something, it's uh, magic, I can't even think of something, but you know what I mean? Where you can change the word of a spell to magic have something. Whistle. Else. Magic whistle. <laughs> yeah, magic, yeah, there magic you go. Whistle. And so yeah. you're, you, instead of magic missile, you now have a magic whistle. Um, and I always thought that was really funny because creative mm -hmm. players can come up with like really interesting things. So this table is basically verbs and nouns. And mm -hmm. you're supposed to roll on it, but it's kind of fun to think because the verbs are very Vancean magic words like summon, mend, destroy, create, halt, mm -hmm. move, conceal. And so you combine that with, I want to mend, armor is a noun, or I want to conceal, undead, or I want to uh, summon, air. And I like that. And so mm -hmm. what if... Uh, when you're trying to create spells for D&D 5th edition, because I am yeah, playing no. Josh A. Manu Manu, the Conjuration Wizard in my Wild Mount game. And I mm -hmm. like the idea of creating spells. And I've created one spell so far. And I'm working with my DM to kind of create some more because I like the idea of having Josh A's uh, summon air, you know, mm -hmm. or, or Josh A's mend time spell. And what does that look like? Yeah. And how do you kind of configure that? I like it. Um, so this is, it's a fun website. I'll put it in the show notes and I'll, I'll put it in the live stream right now. Sorry. Um, I keep forgetting to put things <laughs> there, but yeah, very, very OSR, very fun. And it's just kind of a, a cool idea, uh, to generate a spell. You use magic to generate an effect that you didn't think was possible. Um, and whether that is, uh, and so, and just using a simple sentence, how can you create magic? And then how, how, how do you describe that? You work out something with your DM, um, such as I want to move gravity. What does that really mean? Are you intensifying it? Are you creating patches of zero gravity? Are you doing this? I want to, I don't know. I want to summon skin. I don't know. It's just weird things like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, magic is fun. And the Vancean magic in the Dying Earth that I, I'm really enjoying is kind of interesting. Uh, and I will end with this, something I didn't know about original D&D. The reason thieves have always have that, like, can use magical weapons or abilities or read scrolls or something. In earlier versions of D&D, it was always like wizards can do this and then thieves can, like, half do it. Um, that is in there because of Lankmar, 
And Lankmar is a world setting that I think 3.5 and 2nd edition D&D had a Lankmar setting that you could play in. But there are a mm -hmm. series of books about uh, two characters called Faf Fafard and the Grey Mauser. Yeah. And the Huge Grey influence. Mauser is a thief, but he also has some magical abilities. And that, again, is one of the book series that inspired Gary Gygax to make D&D. So, of mm -hmm. course, wizards have access to spells and scrolls, mm -hmm. but thieves are also tricky like that. And so they have mm -hmm. access and they can read magic and they know magic because the Grey Mauser kind of knew a little bit of magic. Um, really interesting. Really good episode of WebDM too. So I, I always like those guys. They they do really good stuff. Awesome. So, yeah. So Vancean Freeform Magic. I think that would be a good way to, I don't think it's, it's probably not Bardic Inspiration because I'm not inspiring a whole campaign like this, but I don't <laughs> it's care. It's interesting. And we yeah, talked about cool. it and it's inspired. <laughs> Um, we let's, we'll talk about our games next. No, not next week. Two weeks from now. We'll have a lot to talk about. We'll do a big game thing. Uh, and we'll talk about all the games that we're playing, but lots of fun stuff. Lots of games. How Lucian <laughs> leveled up with his bugbear ranger and is doing all of the damage with his gloom strong, stalker. strong gloom stalker reach arms. Really Coolest exciting. bugbear gloom stalker and your rod of seven parts, which I'm assuming they must have more parts by now because if they're ever going to get seven parts, yeah, you better well, get them moving. They've got three, and they're gonna they're gonna work on getting the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> they're they're in the desert right now. It's really exciting. You should check that out Wednesdays eight thirty, um, or check out my Patreon for stuff. Uh, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for liking and subscribing because we're at 1,000. Uh, if you like this show and listen to it via podcast, please give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because that helps uh, numbers go up and people hear the show and we like the show and we hope you like the show. And if you do, leave a good review. Um, we are going to be off next week, but do check mm -hmm. out the D&D block party um, all over Twitch. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I will be tweeting about it. And so you can get notifications there. Um, other than that, uh, because it is on Twitch, this channel on YouTube probably won't be doing anything. But again, if you follow me on twitch.tv slash Jordan with a pH in the middle, I will be rehosting all sorts of cool stuff. I'll, I'll rehost just um, that way. Yeah, and I bet Lucian will as well. So if, yeah. if you're not streaming or doing something else. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, AJ Pickett's a really cool guy. I yeah. talk with him all the time. He's just a really good good person uh mr x i've never met but i assume is also fun he likes dnd i like dnd we have so much in common <laughs> um it should be a lot of fun uh that's that's it i think that's the show leave us leave us some notes and comments if you're going to pick up rhyme of the frost maiden i'm curious yeah. if uh i i'm a sucker for a chris perkins adventure so i'm i'm probably going to pick this up but we'll see if i run it but i'm definitely gonna pick it up so <laughs> uh thank you guys so much uh lucian anything else before we go Nope, that's it. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Leave those comments. Tell us about your Bardic inspirations down there too, because we'd love to hear all your ideas for running campaigns or cool things that inspired you to play your games. Yeah, 100%. We will see you uh, in two weeks uh, with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.